Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I'm really pleased to have with me Eric Brotman on the line. Eric is the CEO of BFG Financial Advisors, a wealth management and financial planning firm. And he's got some really great ideas about how you can increase the value of your company and also how to get some really cool and great ideas in doing so. So this is going to be an exciting podcast for me. Uh, so Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to be here. So Eric, tell me a little bit about what it is that you do. So, you know, like wealth management and financial planning, you know, it sounds like it sounds very CPA-ish, right? And, uh, or CFP, I should say, uh, you know, certified financial planner, right? Yes, absolutely. We're CFPs. Okay. And, um, but it sounds like you guys are taking this a little bit further and then to just, uh, you know, like crunch the numbers and get people into 401k plans, right? Uh, can you talk a little bit about what it is that you do and what makes you amazing? Uh, I'd be glad to, Jeff. Thanks. We, we, have, uh, we have a firm that started uh, now almost 20 years ago, and I've been in practice about 26 years. And, um, you know, you said CFP and confused it with CPA moments ago. And that Freudian slip happens a lot because people think about finances and they think about boring and they think about taxes and what we like to do is we like to help people figure out things that are more important than money and then how to use their resources to amplify those, those types of things. So we talk a lot about legacy. We do a lot of multi-generational planning, some very cool uh, philanthropy, uh, and we help people's lives be enriched, not just their, their bank accounts. I mean, he who dies with the most toys still dies. So let's, let's figure out ways to enjoy ourselves while we're here and to make a difference. And so um, we've been doing that now for, for two and a half decades, and it's been... Uh, it's been a whole lot of fun. It's a different conversation than people expect, I think. Okay. So how does that work, though, uh, when you're talking to a business owner or an entrepreneur? How is that conversation different than somebody who, say, is you know has a great position making six figures, but at a salaried position at a large company? Sure. Well, the, the biggest difference is, number one, there's, there's, uh, there's frequently a lot of variability in terms of income, profitability, uh, responsibility. You know, recessions hit hit entrepreneurs and small business owners sometimes differently than than uh, than salaried employees, unless of course those salaried employees lose a job, which of course is the greatest impact of that. But um, ultimately, we spend a lot of time figuring out how to get your resources from the company into your personal financials. What is the most efficient way to do it? The most tax friendly way to do it? Um, how can you make sure that you're not living to run the business? You're running the business to live. And it's a totally different mindset and making sure that you are um, 
that you're taking advantage of all the things that, that exist for entrepreneurs and small business owners, whether that's retirement plans or benefits, whether it's flexibility, whether it's tax resources. Um, there's a lot of planning that can be done. And then there's lots of family considerations. A lot of business owners want to see their company um, continue beyond their employment or their involvement. And sometimes that's family business and sometimes it's the sale or a, an M&A activity. And this could be the most major financial moment in someone's life. And it, it's not winning the lottery. It's, it's planning for this for many, many years and then trying to do it um, as efficiently and effectively and tax smart as possible. So it, it can be a very big event when you have an exit moment. And that's what we spend a lot of time thinking about is sort of what do you want to be when you grow up? You're not necessarily going to do this forever. That's really interesting. Okay, I get that. Let's talk about your one big tip. It's uh, uh, your one big tip is something that was, uh, that's really interesting for me. It's 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 about creating a client advisory board. Uh, to me, that almost sounds like a partnership, right? And I know um, I know it's not, but like partners really scare me, right? I've gone into a few different partnerships at you know at different speeds and at different times in my entrepreneurial journey, and I hated every minute of it. I mean, it was uh, you know worse than worse than having a bad girlfriend, and it was just like like I don't know how other people do it, honestly, right? But a board is not a partnership, right? I was wondering if you can go into, you know, like the broader definition of what a of what a board is versus partners and why having a client advisory board is probably the best thing you can have for running your business. There, there's client advisory boards or advisory boards in general. We don't want to mistake for a board of directors or a board of trustees. Um, when you have a board of directors as a company, what you do is you essentially are are. Uh, allowing them to manage the company and even potentially to fire you as CEO of that company. So that is definitely not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is finding a way to engage some of your clients or customers or patients or depending on your industry, um, engage some of those people to get really, really objective, honest feedback and to give them a safe place to tell you what you're doing well and what you could be doing better. Um, we started the advisory board in the very beginning of 2008, which, you know, knowing anything about the financial world wound up being a very interesting year to suddenly be getting feedback from folks. But it wound up being such a home run um, that we now have formalized this and we now have uh, 18 folks serving at three year terms with with rolling terms. We've had clients um, local and non-local participate and it has been an honor to be asked and just about 100% acceptance. So, and, and we've gotten incredible feedback from these folks, things that they know how to do that we don't know how to do. So, for example, our company has no collateral material. We have no brochure. We just don't, partly because of the digital age and things are online and partly because it's difficult to describe, just like we did in the beginning of your show. It's difficult to describe what makes us differently in, in, in a, what makes us different in a paragraph. It's just not going to work. So we created one, and we said, "Check this out." And we brought them to our board, and we sat around, and we passed them out, and we had printed them. They were glossy, they were perfect, they were proof, they were published. And our clients said, "These are awful." And we said, "Oh my gosh, why?" They said, "Well." We get three or four of these in the mail every month from people we don't know, and they all look the same, and yours looks just like theirs. And we threw them away. We ate the, the cost of doing it, threw them away, and still, by the way, don't have brochures. And it, it was the best advice we could have gotten before we put that out into the, into the, the business space and made ourselves look like everyone else. So that's just one example. 
Okay, so you got that feedback. So you need to stop looking like everyone else. How does that manifest itself then in real life? Like uh, when you're creating this client advisory board, how does that, um, like what would be the steps or what would be the criteria for creating one? We actually have a full selection criteria for folks who are being asked to serve on the board and then full roles of, uh, full list of roles and responsibilities, things we ask of our advisory board members. So for example, we ask them to be advocates for us. That doesn't mean sales or business development, but it means being accessible and available. So on our website, there's a page dedicated to the advisory board so that folks who are checking our company out and want to know a little bit about us can look and see who our advisory board is. And if they choose, can contact those folks and find out more about us. Our industry does not allow testimonials. We're not allowed to publish testimonials like, like so many other businesses are. Legally, we can't. But what we can do is have an advisory board that says these are the folks who are helping guide our decision making. And that does create opportunities from a a business standpoint. Um, The other thing, you know, we're looking for a lot of diversity on our board in terms of age and experience and industry and geography and tenure with our company. You know, we don't want necessarily our favorite 10 or 12 or 15 clients to be on the board because at that point you're going to hear stuff. I mean, you're having a dinner just to be told how terrific you are by your favorite clients. That's not helpful. So you have to give people a a very safe space to be incredibly uh, transparent with you. We're transparent with them. We share company financials. We share staffing um, uh, information. We share marketing information. We share data with them like the wizard is behind the curtain. And we demystify what we're doing. And we've had some amazing conversations with folks who were you know, psychologists from Hopkins or who are entrepreneurs themselves or who are physicians or who are attorneys um, or, or who are retirees. You know, somebody 80 years old is going to have a different experience with us than somebody 30 potentially just because of the way those those relationships can work. So having that diversity makes a difference. And then we get folks together twice a year for a, for a dinner it is not purely a, a, a social thing. It is a meeting. We do have agendas. We send out work in advance. And then we also have divided our, our board now into three focus groups. Because if you have 18, 15 to 18 people on a board, not everybody's as comfortable speaking in front of a group that size. And you could miss out on some real gems. So we broke into three focus groups. And we allow our board members to serve on one almost like they would on a committee. And that's where the agendas get set. That's where the work happens. So one of them is on operational effectiveness. One of them is on the client experience. And one of them is on marketing and business development and branding. And so we have experts in all these different fields who have done it in industries completely different than ours, who are not only willing, they're delighted to share those things with us and to be true advisors for us. So it's been, it's been one of the smartest things that, that I've done in business in, in all this time. When you put that uh, when you put that advisory board together, I I, I assume that it's uh, that uh, th- that it's spoken actually spoken out loud. You're not paying them for this uh, for this role. That's right. You you're not cutting them a discount on your fees. That's correct. Right. What is that? For, so what's in it for them? I mean, like uh, you know, besides having a deeper relationship, you know, with your financial planner, like what lo- like what's in it for the for the person on the advisory board to help you. Um, well, I think first and foremost, a lot of people are by nature helpers and want to make a difference. And, and so there's that. But beyond that intrinsic piece, um, there's not only the desire to deepen the relationship with us and with them, 
there's also the possibility for them to help create what the experience will be. So, you know, when we're looking at office space or we're looking at, um, you know, a hiring uh, strategy or we're looking at some of these things, they're going to impact our clients directly. These folks get to have a say in what they prefer us to do or not to do. So, um, you know, you said you said partners scare you to death. I now have three other equity partners. So we've grown from where it was just me to now there are four of us as owners. Um, and we are incorporated and we're not equal owners, but we're all we're all owners and principals of the firm. And as those things happened, one of the things we did was we acquired a firm in Ohio and we're in Maryland. So we actually have acquired a firm in, in Ohio. Um, the principal of that firm closed up shop, moved to Maryland, and we integrated over a period of time. And our board was instrumental in, in how to do that and how to keep most of her clients, in fact, basically all of her clients, many of whom were in the Midwest with our firm, even though physically we're not there. And so that was a very big deal. And to have folks on our advisory board who were now not within 50 square miles of the office and we're all over, we, we have clients in 31 states and a few foreign countries now. So um, we learned how to do that. And some of that was by having board members who flew in for these meetings and, and would spend a day with us think tanking this to make sure it was great for them. That, uh, you know, that must be an amazing feeling on your part to get client advocates, you know, on board to the point where they'd be willing to fly into, you know, to meet with you guys. Right. I mean, think about it. You know, like, you know, like one of the things I did, for example, for my, uh, uh, you know, as I was ramping up my digital marketing agency was I made it a point to at least attempt to, uh, you know, meet with the people that I was contracting in person. Mm -hmm. Right. And and that's taken me to some, you know, to some great countries, you know, like Argentina and Uruguay, uh, Mm -hmm. Israel, places in Europe. The only place I haven't gotten to yet is uh, two places in India, which I need to, which I need to go to still. But that whole break bread with somebody, you know, attitude, you know, that's it. Every single one of those people that I've, uh, you know, that I made the, that I made the effort to go out and, and meet with personally, like I'm still in touch today. I'm still doing business with them today. Right. And it just really solidifies the, it really solidifies the relationship, right. When you're able to do that, you know, like as quickly as possible, so that people are able to see, you know, like, okay, yeah, Jeff is a real person. You know, Eric is a real person. There really is, you know, they, uh, uh, you know, there really is some, you know, some, uh, you know, some smart processes going on in the background. And that part, when you can demonstrate that, is just really amazing. Yes. And, and there's really no substitute for face-to-face and for, as you put it, breaking bread and spending time. Um, if you're working with business owner clients, you need to be on site. You need to see their plant or their space and meet their people. And um, it, it is in, in 2020 has been an incredibly difficult time to try and do that. And, and we've certainly found ways to utilize technology to make sure that our relationships were staying solid. Um, it, you know, it will be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years and when and if the pendulum swings back to hopping on airplanes um, or if it doesn't swing back. And, and I, I don't exactly know what's going to happen yet. None of us do. Um, but I think we've found more efficient and effective ways to do things. And uh, in some ways, I think our clients are better served now because we're spending less time at airports and in rental cars. And then, uh, you know, we, we have 500 clients. We can't possibly see them all physically every year. Um, and so it, it's not possible. If we had eight, that would be different. So 
There are certain clients who we need to see every year, particularly for big corporate clients where we need to, to have a presence. But for the most part, you know, whether it's Zoom or whether it's um, a conference call or whether it's in person, we can accomplish the same thing. But the relationship really is built face to face. And as, as much as it's nice to be face to face with you right now, it's not the same as if we were grabbing a bite and, and spending time that way. Have you had any negative experiences while, uh, while creating and maintaining this board for your company? Um, actually, no. Which and, and, and we've sort of expected the possibility that that could happen. Um, I guess the most negative thing would be if someone was asked to serve and, and said they didn't want to. And, and there have been very few times where that's been the case, but really it's been about them. You know, one of them who's a very successful physician said, I, I really am uncomfortable speaking in front of groups, believe it or not. And so I, I don't think I'd say anything and I don't think I'm the guy you want. And that transparency and that feedback wound up being helpful to us. And while we wanted his input, we had to get in other ways with a survey or other things. But um, there have not been any, there's not been any fallout. There's not been any damage. There's not been any um, relationships that have been um, harmed in any way by it. In fact, I think all of them have been deepened um, over the years. I do think it's hard, you know, now that we've put in three-year terms, it's a little easier. But originally, it was tough to get people to come off the board. People wanted to stay and, and without terms, you run the risk of hurting someone's feelings by saying, we don't want you here anymore. What we really wanted was constant fresh blood and fresh ideas and, and so forth. Um, and so it, it was a real interesting experience. And that's why we've gone to terms so that we can avoid what could be an awkward conversation. So that was a learning experience, but I wouldn't say it's been negative. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Eric, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your company and how they can reach out to you directly if they'd like to learn more? Absolutely. Our website is bfgfa.com. Um, you can also find my podcast at brotmanmedia.com. It's a show called Don't Retire, Graduate. Um, there's also a book and an online course, and it's taking financial literacy and going to financial freedom. And it's, it's a whole lot of fun. I think people are enjoying that so far. Uh, and in addition... Um, I do run a consulting practice as well at BrotmanConsultingGroup.com. I'm feeling pretty busy these days, but having a whole lot of fun doing it and would love to hear from folks in your audience. Very good. Uh, so, Eric, thank you very much for joining me today. This has been really enlightening. I never really thought about the uh, about the client advisory board as being an integral part of your organization, but it's definitely some food for thought. And, you know, I think it could help out a lot of businesses. So thank you so much for sharing that. My, my pleasure. And we've, we've helped other folks set them up at their, at their firms and at their organizations. And so far it's been a, a home run for all of them thus far. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.